This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Church, it's been an awesome month, hasn't it? Been a great month with the book of prayers. Have you guys been enjoying that? It's been absolutely amazing. So family, we're going to continue with that today, and obviously this is the last part of that series that we are going to be continuing with. And so we have been focusing, obviously, on this month on prayer with the hope and the desire that people would, number one, love their prayer life. Who loves their prayer life? That's so important, obviously. And then obviously we want to show them the benefits of prayer. So we've looked at that and how to pray effectively. Many people didn't know how to pray effectively, and they wondered, why are my prayers not being answered? So we've done that, and we've focused on on that the whole month. And so for that reason, our theme verse, as we're going to have a look at today, is found here in Ephesians, and it says this. This is our theme verse we've been focusing on. It says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. I want to pause there for a moment. Not just in your morning prayer time. That's important. We should be doing that. But we need to pray in every situation. In, In other words, I want to say to you, whenever you have an opportunity to pray, You should pray. I mean, pray in the shower. We love to sing in the shower, right? But we can pray in the shower. Pray when you're driving in your car to work. Pray when you have an opportunity. Pray in every situation. And it goes on and says, use every kind of prayer and request that there is. So this month, that's exactly what we have been doing during the morning prayer meetings at 8 o'clock and then obviously on Sunday mornings. Now, you'll remember for those that joined us online in the morning, we covered the Lord's Prayer, the Tabernacle Prayer, praying Scripture. We continued with the JBS Prayer also in the mornings. Why? Because there are different ways to pray, as we've seen, every kind of prayer. Now, on the first week of the month, Pastor Johnny started off with the prayer of Moses. And then the second week, it was Pastor Jenny, and she covered the prayer of Jabez. And then last weekend, Pastor Andre covered the New Testament prayer for the church. I don't know if you guys remember that. Hasn't that been awesome? If you missed any of them for whatever reason, go back on our archives, listen to them. They will truly bless you. And so today, family, we are going to be looking at a prayer called the prayer of the sheep. Prayer of the sheep. So I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you this question. Why should God answer your prayers? That's a good question. Why should God answer your prayers? I want you to think about that question just for a moment, sitting at home, out there on the grass, those of you in front of me, think about that. But I want you to think, more importantly, on why should he do it. Think about why he should do it. Have you got a good idea? Maybe you might be thinking, well, he should answer my prayers because I went to church today. Or he should answer my prayers because I read the Bible. Or he should answer my prayers just because I'm a good person. Now, family, all of those things are good reasons. There are good reasons, but those are not the reasons why he answers prayer. He's not answering your prayers. Listen to this. He's not answering your prayers based on who you are. He's answering your prayers based on who he is. That's why he's answering your prayers. Not because you're a good person. You are a good person. Not because you read the Bible and you should and you do. But because of who he is. That's why he answers our prayers. So family, when we read through the pages of the Bible... We'll find that there are many people that prayed prayers that started this way. If you read Old Testament, New Testament, you'll find that many times they started their prayers by saying, Oh God, you are. Oh God, you are. They never said, Oh God, I am. (laughs) 
And they would mention, oh God, how awesome you are. You're amazing. You're the great God. You're the, the bright and morning star. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the lion of the tribe of Judah. They would start off by declaring who he is, who he is. And why is that? Because the names of God become very important in our prayer life. That's why if you read through the Ten Commandments, the third one says this, do not take the Lord's name in vain. So number three of the Ten Commandments. Now that doesn't mean swearing. <laughs> that doesn't mean using the, Lord of, the Lord's name uh, as a curse word. But that, anything that's done in vain is, has no effect. If somebody said you've done something in vain, that means it has no effect, right? So what people, what that uh, uh, commandment is saying, don't just use the Lord's name in your regular speech every day. Some people say, oh my, for every second sentence. They're using the Lord's name in vain. There's no purpose behind saying it. And God is warning us not to do that. He doesn't want us to just to use his name in vain. You see, many people, unfortunately, can forget the power that's on their tongues when they speak. And it's important to use the names of God correctly. We need to use them correctly in our prayer time. Amen. You know, Jesus said this when he was teaching the Lord's Prayer. What did he say? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Isn't that interesting? He could have started the Lord's Prayer off, our Father in heaven, meet all my needs. But he didn't. He said, hallowed be your name. And see, family, the names are so important. So in our prayer life, it's important that we start off with the names. Start off with our great God is. Don't start off with what I need. Oh, Lord, I need this. Oh, Lord, the devil's after me. Oh, so start off with the names. Start off with the character and the nature of God. I want to encourage you to do that. And we're going to be showing you that today. You know, Paul said in Philippians 2, he said this. He said that Jesus has been given the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Isn't that interesting? The name of Jesus. The names are so important. So we need to remember this, that prayer is based on an authority. That's what prayer is based on. It's based on an authority, and that authority is God said so. So when you come to God in prayer, you're praying with an authority. When God's word is spoken, when his name is spoken, there's an authority there to move on your behalf. And many people forget that. So often their prayer time is based on everything that they need or the challenges that they're going through. And that's fine to speak to God and have a relationship with Him. But let's start off the right way. Let's start off by honoring Him, speaking out His name, declaring His names. And that's what we're going to do. You see, theologically speaking, family, there are eight covenant names of God, both mentioned in the Old and the New Testament. And you know what's amazing? Is that all eight names, all eight characteristics are squeezed into one six little verse chapter called the 23rd Psalm. Isn't that amazing? We all know that very well, don't we? We know the 23rd Psalm. Most people grew up at Sunday school reading through that. But that is so powerful. So today we're going to read that together. Are you ready? We're going to start reading that together. So if you have your Bibles or you have the notes with you there, just turn and use them. But let's start reading together. Are you ready? Let's say this. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, guys, we can read it together. Amen. Let's do that. Outside at home, join me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that awesome? Now, you might not have picked it up, but all eight qualities and names were in those six verses. And so today, I want to give you a tool to use in your prayer, a tool that's going to help you by saying those eight names. You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe, the name of the Lord. And so today, I want to help you with that. We're going to look at these eight names and these eight characteristics. And if we can start off our prayer life that way, we are then calling in the name to meet the need. Isn't that awesome? So we're going to have a look at the first one. Are you ready? Verse number one says this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What is God's desire? He wants that to be personal. Not the Lord is your shepherd, the Lord is somebody else's shepherd. God is saying, I want to be your shepherd. I want to have a personal relationship with you. So if I can get up in the morning and say, Lord, you are my shepherd. So what is the quality there? The quality is you are my shepherd. Not somebody else's, you are my shepherd. It's so important. So let's look now at the Hebrew name. For those of you that like to dig a bit deeper in the, in the studies like Pastor Simon, who loves to dig a bit deeper, what is the covenant name? This is the covenant name, Jehovah Raha, which literally means this. You are my pastor. You are my pastor. You know, everybody needs a pastor, amen? I mean, I have a pastor. My pastor has a pastor. You know that Apostle Theo has a pastor, we all need a shepherd. We all need somebody who's leading us and guiding us. And I want to say to you here today, maybe you're watching online or you're outside, if you don't belong to a church, I want to encourage you, join a church. Have a shepherd. Have a pastor to lead you. It's so important, you know. And there are many great churches in our city. Obviously, I love my church, and I'd love you to join our church. And I want to encourage you to do that. Everyone needs a personal relationship with God. And that's why I started said, you are my shepherd. You are Jehovah Ra, you are my pastor. You're the one who looks after me, who leads me, guides me. Just like a shepherd would guide the sheep. We all need that, amen? If God didn't think we needed it, he wouldn't have given us them. But he knows we need them. So I want to encourage you to do that. And if you're new to Christian Family Church and uh, you're thinking about joining this church, I want to invite you next week to come and join us on step number one of our growth track, which is our membership course. And find out about the church. Choose a home. Be part of a church. And I also want to just do a shout out to all the pastors out there. If you're watching this sometime in the week, I want to say to you, if you don't have a pastor, you need to have a pastor. You need to have a covering. It's very important for you. Amen. Look what it says in John chapter 10 and verse 14. It says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. God wants to know you and you must be known by him. Amen. You must have that relationship. So let's have a look at the second quality and that is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. You see, what is the characteristic there? It is that you are my provider. God wants to be your provider. And the, the covenant name is this, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means God is my provider. He's going to meet your need. 
And so here we see God is saying, I want to be your provider. You know, many people, most people want to take care of themselves. They want to say, I've made it happen. I'm the man. I'm the woman. This is my doing. And, and many people want to do that. Can I give you some good advice? Don't do that. Don't do that, family. You don't want to trust in riches. But you want to trust in Him who richly provides. That's what you want to do. Because there's going to come a time where you're, with, the, the, with the effort that you've put in is not going to meet your need. The effort you've put in is not going to meet your need. Then what do you do? If you've been your own provider, that's not great. So God says to you, hey, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the one who provides for you. I want to provide for you. So family, when we want to solely be our own source, we can end up chasing after stuff, chasing after money, chasing it, pursuing it, chasing it. And when that world falls apart, then what do you have? Who do you turn to? And we can get into a lot of trouble if we do that. If we are just chasing after these things and trying to be our own provider. You know, it reminds me of a story of a family that uh, were just like that. They were doing their own thing. They were providing for themselves. And then their world turned around. And they lost everything. And they were battling to, to, to make ends meet. So the wife went to the shop. And she was going to do a bit of grocery shopping. But she stole a can of peaches. And she got caught for shoplifting. So the store obviously pressed charges. She had to go then to court. And so her husband decides, you know what, I'm going to go with her to court. I'm going to, to, to support her. So they go to the courtroom, and the judge is in the worst mood you can imagine. He's having a very bad day. So she stands up there. She says, okay, I see you were guilty for shoplifting, and you stole a can of peaches. She says, that's right, Your Honor. So he said, well, the, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sentence you to one month in prison for every peach that was in that can. And she said, but your honor, there were four peaches in that can. He says, well, that's it, four months in prison. That's it. And then the husband raised their hand and said, your honor, she also stole a can of peas. <laughs> okay. But on a serious note, family, God is our provider, amen? And uh, he's the one who meets our need. And we just need to turn to him. I mean, you know the scripture. Look at this. Philippians chapter four tells us, my God, will meet all your need. Think about all your need. What is it that you need? He will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you know that God is not lacking anything? When it talks about His riches, there's nothing that He cannot supply. So we need to understand that Jehovah Jireh is my supply. He's the one who provides. So in the morning I can say, you are my shepherd. You are my provider. I'm calling out to who he is. Amen. That's what we can do. So let's have a look at the next one. And that's in uh, verse uh, 23, verse 2. It says this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Can I just stop there for a moment? Some of you need to be made to lie down. Some of you need to be made to lie down because you're just too busy. It says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. We need some still waters in our life. Many of us over the last couple of months have really been struggling with stuff, right? It's been a challenging time and we've tried and tried in our own ability and we've tried to make things happen. But yeah, we need to see that God wants to be the one who brings you your peace. So what is the characteristic? You are my peace. Some of us need that peace. They need that peace in their life. Amen. And I'm sure you can all guess what the covenant name is. And that is Jehovah Shalom. You've heard people say that, Shalom, amen, which is peace. You are my peace. You see, unfortunately, family, there are some of you that have been under great stress. 
Some people have had family stress, they've had finance stress, they've had work stress, they've had a lot of those things that have come to them that they haven't necessarily been responsible for. But we have to be honest that some of us have brought some of that stress on ourselves. We've done things that we shouldn't do. We've made choices we shouldn't have made, and we brought that stress onto us. And God says, I want to be your peace. You know what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 6? It says this, amazing scripture. It says this, better a handful, one handful with quietness, than both hands full together with toil and grasping the wind. Isn't that interesting? You see, some of you have grabbed two fistfuls of life. You've grabbed on so much, you've taken on so much that you cannot do anything else. Your life is too full. It's stressing you out. That's not good. God doesn't want you to be stressed out. It's not good for you. The Bible says, family, that it's better to have less with peace, to do less with peace. You know what the mantra of the world is? The mantra of the world is two is better. That's what the world says. If you can have more, it's better. Isn't that right? I mean, it says if one rand is good, two are. You can say it. It's not a problem. Two is better. The mantra of the world is always that. If one child is good, two are. Ah, the single parents are thinking, no, are you tricking me here, Pastor? If one wife is good, two are. Wrong. Okay. (laughs) But the mantra of the world is that. Everybody wants more and wants more. and, And they get so bogged down with that, that when they need to make a change, they can't. And Jesus is saying, I am your peace. The Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. And we need that peace in our life, amen? And that's why you can say, Jehovah Shalom. You can say to him, you are Jehovah Shalom. So let's have a look at what John 14, 27 says. It says this, Jesus speaking, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace, not somebody else's, not that the world offers, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Now that's very important. Because the world offers you something to try and relax you. You go there for a little while, whether it's a quiet place or it's just a tranquil place. But when you leave, you walk straight back into your stress again. And he says, not as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And you can call out to Jehovah Shalom for that peace in your life. Amen. So let's have a look then at the next one. He restores my soul. I want to stop there for a moment. He restores my soul. You know what that actually means? That means he causes it to go back to the point it left. So if you were here and you got all ill and sick, he wants to restore it back to the point where it was supposed to be. It literally means to return to the place of origin. That's what that word means, to restore, to bring it back. Your marriage once was here. But perhaps it's gone through a tough time and it's here. He wants to bring it back to the place of origin. Maybe your family challenges were you had great family uh, community. Now it's broken up, but he wants to restore it. You see, he wants to restore your soul. That's what he wants. He wants to bring it back. He's the healer. So what is the, the, the characteristic? You are my healer. Now I want to say to you today, Jesus is still the healer. He is still the healer, family. Not only can he, and he will heal your body, but I believe he can do more than that. He can heal your heart. He can heal your mind if you're stressed out. If you're just feeling overwhelmed, he can heal all those areas. And what is the covenant name? Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. You are my doctor. <laughs> That's what you are. You heal me and restore me. And so when you pray and you call on that name, you're my healer. You're calling out to the qualities of God. And they arrive when you call on that name. 
If I called Pastor Simon, but I'm meant to call Pastor Jenny, and I'm looking at uh, Pastor Simon, and I'm calling him, but in my mind I'm seeing Pastor Jenny, and she's not coming. I'm thinking, what is going on here? I'm using the wrong name. Are you with me? I say, Pastor Jenny, can I speak to you? Then she gets up and, and comes to me. I've used the right name. I've received what I intended to receive. Are you with me? So family, it's so important that we understand this, that we call out to those qualities. You all know this. One Peter says this. He personally carried our sins in his body and on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live to what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Isn't that awesome? He's your shepherd. He's the guardian of the souls. He wants you to walk in fullness of life. He's the healer. He's the great physician. So let's move on to the next one. And that is, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I find that so interesting. It says he leads me in paths of righteousness. That means there are also paths that are not righteous. You see, righteous paths is in right standing with God. You understand that. Your righteousness means you're in right standing with God. So there are paths that keep you in right standing with God. But family, there are also paths that move you away from the things of God. And so he's the one who leads us in those paths. He leads you in the paths of righteousness. So what would the, uh, the characteristic be? The characteristic would be, you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. And then the, the covenant name is this. It's Jehovah Sidkenu. The T is silent. Jehovah Sidkenu. He's our righteousness, family. He's the one who paid the price for you that you could be in right standing. So we can call him and say, thank you, Father. You are my righteousness. You're the one who leads me in those paths that I can stay in right standing with you. And I love what it says here. It says this in 1 Peter. It says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil. Uh, sorry, yeah. as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And I want to encourage you that God will help you to stay on that path. If you will just have that relationship, you will call on him as your righteousness. He'll keep you on those right paths. Amen. So let's move on. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now that highlighted portion, you are with me. The actual name there, the actual name there is of God is there. That's the actual name, there. What do you mean there? Well, wherever you are, he's there. If you're at the doctor, he's there. If you're at work, he's there. If you're at school, he's there. That's what it actually means. But the best way for us to explain that is using this characteristic, you are my constant companion. You are my constant companion. And the Hebrew covenant name is this, Jehovah Shammah, which means God is there. That's what it means. So wherever you are, you never have to be alone. God is with you. You might say, well, I'm a, I'm a single person. You're not alone. God is there. Maybe you're a single parent. You're not alone. God is there. Maybe you feel you don't have any friends. You're not alone. Wherever you are, God is there. He's Jehovah Sh Sh Shammah. He's your constant companion. Doesn't matter where you go, He's with you, friend. You never have to feel alone in your life at any time. And so as we look at Hebrews, it says this. God has said, 
Never will I leave you. That's a great place just to praise the Lord. You might have been through a tough time in these six months, but he said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, we as children of God can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I want to encourage you, family, in your prayer time. You're not alone. He's there with you. Amen. So as we move along, let's have a look at the next one. It says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I want you to look at this completely different, possibly, than you've ever looked at it before. I love this one. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, when you have an enemy, God is saying, go sit down and have a meal. I'm going to fight the battle for you. Isn't that amazing? He said, just relax. Take a seat at the table. I've got this. I'm going to fight this battle for you. Look what it says here. You are my defender. God is your defender. He's going to fight the battle for you. Isn't that awesome? I love what the, uh, the Hebrew name is. It's this one. It says, he's Jehovah Nissi. Do you know what that means? It means he's my banner of victory. He's my victory. So in other words, when there's a challenge coming your way, you call on Jehovah Nissi. You're my defender, Lord. And what he says to you is, take a seat, have a meal. He goes ahead of you with that banner saying to your challenge, it's too late. They've already won. It's too late. They've already won. He's your banner of victory. Amen. And that's why when you call on that Jehovah Nissi, you are calling on your victory. He is your defender. Isn't that amazing? So this is what it says. The scripture is in 2 Thessalonians. It says this, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. I love that. Praise the Lord God. You are so, so faithful. Let's have a look at this one over here, coming near to the end. And I love this. This one is just so awesome. It says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. What does that mean? You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You see, you need to understand this, family. As a child of God, you're anointed for something. You are anointed for something. There's something he's anointed you to do. And I want to say that to you today, that when you step into that anointing, then there is an overflow in your life to help others. There's an overflow in your life to do what you do. And so the, the characteristic is this. You are my sanctifier. To be sanctified is so important. Let's first have a look at the, the, the covenant name is that you are Jehovah Makadesh. And you are my sanctifier. You've sanctified me. To be sanctified literally means God has set you apart. You've been set apart, family, for something special. You need to know that he has called you to something. You're just not here by accident. When you're coming to the family of God, God looks at you and he says, I have a plan for your life. I'm anointing you for something. And because of that anointing on your life, your cup overflows so that others can benefit from it. We know our apostle Theo is anointed teacher. So we enjoy the overflow in his life as he teaches us. Isn't that right? And so God anoints you for something. But some people don't know what that is. And they struggle with that. I don't know what I'm here for. Let's first have a look at this verse. And it says this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare. You're all of that for that purpose. You're a royal, you're a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood for the purpose, family, 
that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into that wonderful light. Why? He wants to use you to make a difference. God wants that anointing on your life so that there can be an overflow so others can benefit from it. In your place of work, there's an anointing on you so that you can share the goodness of God. If you're a doctor, teacher, lawyer, accountant, pastor, preacher, whatever you are, there's an anointing, there's an overflow in your life so that others can benefit from it. Now, if you don't know what that is, I want to encourage you to get onto Growth Track. And as you go through Growth Track, we're going to help you to discover what your purpose is and then give you the opportunity to live it out. Isn't that awesome? So let's have a look at the verse here in Hebrews. It says this, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. He anoints you for that church. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So family, we've looked at eight names and eight characteristics. And so when I approach God by recognizing who He is, then I'm calling on those characteristics. So in the morning when I say, you are my shepherd, you are my constant companion, you're my defender, you're my peace, you're my healer, I'm saying who He is. I'm first coming to Him recognizing who He is, knowing that He can do that for me. Amen. So let's look at this last statement. God answers prayer based on who He is, not on who we are. Amen. And so that concludes our prayer a theme for this month, the book of prayers. And so what you've learned this whole month, I want to encourage you to apply it. Apply it to your life. You've learned so many things. If you don't have the prayer first book, go and download it off of our website. It's free of charge. It'll help you in your prayer life. And I believe that you will grow even deeper in prayer. And remember this, the, sh the prayer of the sheep. Just speak to him for who he is. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, at this time, I want to pray the most important prayer. So won't you bow your heads? If you are at home, won't you do the same? Just bow your heads and sitting outside, the same thing. Friend, I want to give you an opportunity today to know this amazing God who loves you. I want to give you an opportunity to come in back into right standing. We spoke about the paths of righteousness. To come back into right standing today with this amazing Father who loves you. Now, I want to, to, to um, ask you this question. Have you ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And if the answer to that is no, well, friend, please give me the opportunity today. I want to pray a prayer with you, a simple prayer, but a life-changing prayer that you can make Jesus Lord of your life. Or perhaps you once served the Lord and you've, you've grown cold. You're not serving Him the way that you used to. Well, come back today, friend. I know that's the right thing to do. Or lastly, you just want to make sure that heaven is your home. You want to know for sure that you're in right standing with God. Well, please let me pray this prayer with you today. So if that's any of you, if you are sitting here at the church, you can simply just raise your hand so I can see you all while heads are bowed. If you want to come back, you want to make right. If you're outside there, wonderful. Great. If you're at home, let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I ask you, Lord, please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord. And he was raised from the dead. And today, I ask you to help me to live a life that pleases you. I choose to forgive everyone 
that has hurt or offended me. And I thank you that I'm part of your family. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Amen, amen.